Uh, my guest today on the Pocket Mastermind podcast is entrepreneur and founder of digital marketing agency, Passion Fruit Media, uh, Matt Penny. Matt, welcome to the Pocket Mastermind podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you today? Yeah, good. Yeah, very well. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, I'm all right. Nice and busy? Yes, nice and busy, which is good. Better than the alternative. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so I want to talk to you today about your entrepreneurial journey um, and what's led you to setting up your own agency. Um, you're still a young guy, um, so it's good to get a perspective from someone who's you know fairly early on their on their journey and the, the lessons that you've kind of learned along the way. Um, so where did it all start for you? I think it started um, when I was a teenager. I've always been of the nerdy type. So when everyone else was out playing football, I was inside in my room learning to code. Um, and then that led to me writing some apps. I, I guess that was be the first entrepreneurial thing that I did was writing apps and putting it on the app store and, and getting people to download and pay for them. I think I made eight pounds doing that. Something, something crazy <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> you um, at that point then. Yeah, exactly. I thought about hanging up the boots at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that led me to getting a job as an, as an app developer at a local business, which was great. I worked there for a couple of years whilst I was still doing bits at school. Um, and that, that was great, but I was, I was uh, looking to go to university instead of study computer science. Mm -hmm. And I was already working the sort of job that I might get if I'd uh, gone to university and studied computer science. And while it was good and the people were great, it, it just, it seemed like there was, there was more, I wanted more. Um, and I thought, you know, actually it doesn't make sense to go to university mm -hmm. to get a degree, to get the sort of job that I've already got and not fully enjoying. So I thought, hang on a minute, there must be, there must be something else out there that I can look into and, and start doing. Mm -hmm. And spend all the money basically <laughs> getting back to where you, where you exactly. started yeah. from. Yeah, yeah. Did it. It's probably a wise choice. Um, <laughs> and interestingly enough, you know, I think uh, a, lot, a lot more people could probably do with pausing and, and making that decision as well. You know, I've worked in corporate world a lot and a lot of the roles that are out there, you don't, you don't need university level education to, to to do really and so there's a lot of people i think laden themselves with debt so it's quite interesting to get your your take on that, on making that decision yeah the way that uh the school i was at the way that it was done was it wasn't asked uh what do you want to do but it was more of a question of which university do you want to go to and it was kind mm -hmm. of inbred that that was uh sorry it's kind of stated that that university was the way to go. It wasn't really asked, what do you want to do? Okay, is university the right choice for you? It was more saying, uh, which ones do you want to go to? And I think that level of actually saying, you know, there's more things out there than just university going to get a nice secure job. It's great for a lot of people, not bashing that at all, but for some people who want other things, then there are different opportunities out there. And I think as things are changing so quickly, uh, a large part of that is due to the internet. There's so many more opportunities, which a lot of the education system hasn't quite caught up to yet and don't quite know all the opportunities that are out there for people. Yeah. I mean, if you consider, you know, let's say even up to the end of year 11, you're, you're six, you're 16 at that point. If you go back 16 years from now, there was no Facebook. Right. <laughs> and so, and you know, a kid going into school at five, uh, 11 years ago, wouldn't have been, you know, may have just about just been using Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was a lot of the a lot of stuff that's around now didn't even exist. So how does the education system keep up with that kind of thing? It's so difficult. Right, exactly. And I think, I can't remember where I heard it, but I think they were saying that 
by the time that we get into our like our 40s a lot of us will have sorry this is when i was at, at school a couple of years ago that by the time a lot of us get into our 40s we'll be working on jobs that that don't exist nowadays because of technology and how it how it uh, moves and where things are going that actually it's it's crazy to think about right what do you want to go down what do you want to choose now you're, you're a 16 year old person choose what you want to do for the rest of your life and actually the things we end up doing haven't even been invented yet so that yeah. is it's all a bit crazy all a bit backward but um it is what it is it is yeah and what do you think it was you know you started doing the apps when you were what did you say 15 16 yeah yeah 15. what really started that and have you done other had you been a bit entrepreneurial when you were younger than that um not really. I was never the sort of kid that was out there making the lemonade and selling it on a lemonade stand and going around with the lawnmower. Very, very I was always big, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't know. I, I, have you ever seen a lemonade stand in the UK? No, if you no I haven't no. seen it either. No, but uh, <laughs> I was always too introverted to do anything like that. Um, but I feel like I could, I could do the coding, sitting behind a screen all day. I could do that. Um, and then it came to selling the actual apps, which um, I wasn't great at <laughs> but uh, that i guess that was kind of like the, the route into it from the technical yeah. side of things and then that kind of led me to discover the the marketing and the business side of it as well and when i got into it i was saying oh you know what this is actually quite fun i quite enjoy this i like actually make uh, getting things to happen in the world mm -hmm. and getting people to use the product that i've created uh, and just went down that path and led me to um to the marketing side of things so that was that was what drew you then towards way you know the marketing areas where you are now that was that was the starting point yeah i think that foundation the, of having your own product and then realizing you needed to do that part of the business actually ended up yeah or, business actually it was it was the product that i was designing for the company so the app that i was right. developing at this company uh, we produced the app and then it came to the point of getting people to actually use it mm. and uh it's very easy for a technical person to sit down and write an app if, if you know what you're doing and you know how to use google but when you're getting people to actually use it uh, and getting people to download it, that's a different side of things. So when we started to look at that inside the company um, and started to understand the marketing of, of that business and all of the businessy side of things, that's something that really interested me. Um, and I thought, you know what, this is, this is good. I'm going to go and I'm going to learn about this. So I learned that, I learned that side of things whilst uh, at that job. How did, you go about, how did you go about learning that? Uh, YouTube. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube <laughs> the and blogs. magic of YouTube. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> University of YouTube. Yeah, yeah, everything you can want is on. Oh, everything I know on the, on the planet, I think, just about comes from YouTube. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, learn about everything from YouTube, and then obviously, sort of the, the, the traditional business books and marketing books that you read out there, um, and that kind of got me down the marketing route. And then I discovered some of these online courses, kind of the uh, the online gurus, as they were, um, which. Uh, I found and went through some of their courses and that kind of led me onto uh, starting my own marketing agency compared to just working as a developer slash marketer for these apps within a, uh, a company. And what did you, what did you take from the, the courses that you did? Cause there's loads, like you say, there's, there's a lot of them out there um, and trying to sift your way through and some very good marketing from a lot of these guys un unsurprisingly, yeah. right? How, how, how do you potentially pick a good one? So what I would say is find the ones that have great and irrefutable results. Mm -hmm. And that if there are clients out there, or like people that have gone through the course before who you can actually get in touch with and say, Hey, have you found it? 
uh, at which point the, the salesmanship is probably taken away. And if they didn't like it, then they'll tell you, you know what, don't spend your money on it. Mm-hmm. But actually, if they've gone, yes, it, it's great, or I've seen this return, then you know to go ahead with it. Um, I would say that's, that's the, the biggest thing, having gone through a lot of online programs, which I, I do find have really helped me in, mm-hmm. in some areas. Uh, finding people that have gone through it before and simply asking them, how's yeah. it work for you? What do you, what do you think the the main takeaways that you've been able to learn from those courses that have made the difference to you now? I think probably, uh, probably there's all about the implementation. So a lot of the things that is, that are inside these programs and these courses are great. And one of the great things about them is they're all packaged up nicely, but a lot of the information you can find on YouTube, Mm -hmm. um, and, and other places on the internet. And I think it's less so about the, the knowledge, which there's, there's so much knowledge, so much information out there, but it's more about the implementation. Some courses are great. They're giving you like implementation steps. You do this, this, and this, which some people do, some people don't. Mm-hmm. But I think it really comes down to uh, actually applying these things. Um, there are a million and one business ideas out there that, that could work, but it's not about the ideas. It's about the implementation. And that's a saying out there, which I think is very true. And I think is the thing that, differentiates people who have seen results from these online courses and the people who say it's a scam and they want their money back and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that everyone says that Pat talks about these, all of the online courses and, and other non-traditional training as I'll call it as kind mm. of as, as scams and things, but you know, go back to the formal education and a university. I mean, how many people graduate every year? And then go on to actually even use their degree right. and mind be successful from it and and no one questions that yeah and i think it's just because it's it's the normal right people yeah. expect to expect to pay what is it now in the uk thirty thousand for the education yeah. and another twenty thousand for the for the living whilst you're at university and yeah. they, they don't question it that's just how things are however if um the if someone came up with a, that's terrible <laughs> yeah right exactly and if someone came up with an online course and said hey it's going to cost you 50 grand but at the end of it you'll have a skill set which you can apply i'm going to teach you how to apply it not just the knowledge people would be like that's crazy i'm never going to yeah. spend that amount of money but because we've been taught the university is a good thing to, to spend your your money and your time on people are happy just to dive into it yeah. um so yeah it'd be interesting to see how that changes in the future and to see what the splits are between uh people going to university which obviously people in the the, the maths and the science and the medicine world Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to do oh, yeah, and the I mean, sort of people who learn from yeah. uh, people who are actually doing things such as marketing or graphic design or websites or whatever it is from the people who are doing it rather than universities and what were the steps then once you once you'd kind of felt like i'm gonna I, I, i'm quite interested in doing my own thing i know it, I, you know marketing and, and that area became the interest what mm-hmm. steps did you then take to setting up on your own um so I think the first steps that I took were creating a website, um, so learning the skills or trying to learn the skills, going through the programs, learning as much as I could, uh, where I was a bit nervous to get out in front of people and start selling. I'll do all the steps that I could before that. So all the steps <laughs> actually aren't that relevant, like creating a website. You don't need that to start a business, although it's probably good, especially in digital marketing mm-hmm. um, and having a good Facebook page and Instagram and all this stuff. Um, so setting up all of that and then I would go out there um, and speak to businesses. Uh, first of all, I would pretend like I was the shit, like I knew everything and I was going to transform my <laughs> business. How did that work I'd, out overall? <laughs> not well, not well when I went in and I would say, yeah, no worries. It's 500 pounds a month. We could do this, this, and this. It's going to revolutionize your business. It's going to be amazing. And then they, I realized I'm way out of my depth and none of them sign up. And I thought, you know, actually this isn't going well. I hate it as well. I'm not a salesman. 
So then I, I went to uh, one client meeting and I said, look, hey, I've come through online courses. Um, these people know their stuff, uh, but I haven't tried out properly before. I tell you what, I'll do you a really good price. We'll go through it. You'll get some results, hopefully. I'll get to train uh, on you and we can use this kind of case study. And just being fully open with people mm -hmm. rather than saying, hey, look, it's going to be a thousand pounds a month and I'll deliver you all of these great things. Just being open was how I did it. And that seemed to work incredibly well. And I think especially when I was 17, 18, doing that, a lot of people were uh, going, you know what? Yeah, I'll give them a chance. I think age played into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I started to get some results, then everything just started to, to scale up from there um, to point where we are at today. So that gave you the platform then to be able to actually have some evidence that you could yeah. do what you were saying you could do. Yeah. How, what did it, What was your mindset initially when you get in those knockbacks? Um, How do you overcome that? Because I think it's, it'd be quite easy to say, oh, actually, it might be too hard. Yeah. I, I, I think just not trying not to take it personally and trying to see it from the other person's point of view. Yeah. Um, that one, I, I remember one meeting I had, which the guy was, was pretty uh, pretty explicit about saying, I would never pay you that amount of money to do this stuff. You don't know anything about uh, digital marketing or anything about our business. Um, and I think it's just trying to understand that, you know what, if, if you're in their shoes, you'd probably say the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, not, it's nothing personal. It's simply knowing what they know. That's the decision that they've made. And that's, it's logical to them. Mm -hmm. um, and not taking it, try not to take it emotionally, but just seeing the logic, seeing why they said it and just moving on and saying, you know, there'll be someone else out there. And how long did, were you, from when you kind of decided to set up to when you, you started to feel that you were gaining some momentum, how long did you think that was? Mm, probably a year, just quite mm -hmm. a slow burn at the beginning. Um, I was also carrying on the app development job at the same time, part-time to, to keep paying the bills. Um, and it probably took a year just to, to build up a small amount of clients and uh, feel confident with what I'm doing uh, in order to go out there and say, yes, I can charge this amount for my services. And actually, that'd be a good thing for the businesses to spend the money on. Mm -hmm. So I'll say about a year to really get into the stride of things um, and, and start to pick things up. I think it's good to talk about that because I think a lot, one of the things with the, with, you know, online courses and, and various other things is it it can be portrayed as results come immediately kind of thing. And I think it's important for people if they're thinking about going down this route that it's not going to happen overnight. It's, it's not, it, this is business. It's not winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, well, I think it can happen really quickly for some people, but I think it's unrealistic to expect that. So I've had strategies in my business where I have seen, some really good results really fast and if i had taken those exact actions on my first week then i probably would have seen the same results that i saw when i implemented it a year and a half after starting mm -hmm. but and i think there are some of those sort of tactics out there but generally i think it's very unrealistic to to start and expect to be just up and going in in 30 days or whatever some of these these people say uh, i mean there are some tactics which allow you to do that but tactics never really last no. and um if you if you're in it only in it to get those results for the first 30 days. And then if you don't see them within the first 30 days, then you quit. It's then, not um, you, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's not for you. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, uh, and, and that's the other thing I think is it's very easy to have a look at, you know, to be, have your eyes on some kind of almost like an end point, which there is no end. 
so it's important to embrace the journey the learning and you know maybe you know you talk about some of those tactics that could have worked from day one but the reason you probably stumbled across them not on day one is because of the experience you gained right between then and and that point right so yeah yeah it could work could have worked but the chances of you actually Im implementing that on day one are probably slim yeah exactly i think right experience i think is um massively underrated and something which makes the biggest difference mm -hmm. is just actually having that experience and seeing what works and what doesn't work i mean in the marketing space that's how we build profitable campaigns is we see what works and what doesn't work and then just do more of what does work and stop putting time and effort and money into what doesn't work. And I think it's exactly the same in the, well, <laughs> I mean, all of this comes from my very limited experience in business, a couple, only a couple of years, but from my ex experience, experience can't be beaten. And that's, that's where you learn the best lessons as well. It's very easy to go on YouTube and you hear Bill Gates talk about how the three things you need to do to be successful. And you can say, oh yeah, that sounds good, but it doesn't really hit home as something that you actually learned from experience, especially painful experiences. Um, actually, yeah, the things you learn from those. I think it's easy to forget. For some reason, you know, the, there's something in the human brain that disconnects various different elements of your life from one another. And so like for just general, without consciously thinking through life, you're always failing. Every single day you probably try to do something and you fail and you you learn from it consciously and subconsciously. And then when it comes to business, everyone suddenly gets really terrified <laughs> of the idea right. of getting stuff wrong. Yeah. I think you have to get stuff wrong to have any chance of growing. There's that if you're not getting stuff wrong, then you're probably holding yourself back. Yeah, definitely. And you're not going to be moving forwards. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it'd be that fun if you, if you didn't fail at anything, if everything you tried was fun, then what yeah. would be the point? I mean, it's, I don't know if you ever played the uh, the game Sims where you like control these little people. Have you ever played that? Yeah. Right, where like if you wanted to become really good at guitar, you could do that. You're never going to fail. You just play the guitar for ages on that game and you become amazing at guitar. Or if you wanted to, I can't remember the other things, it's like uh, become the president. You just went to work a lot or something like that. <laughs> but if there's like a, a set routine to get whatever you want and it was guaranteed and there's no way you could fail, you just had to do these steps, That it wouldn't be as fun. Like the, the Sims... No wasn't that fun because i knew that anything that i want it was really easy to obtain and actually that unknowing and, and failing and saying all oh, right that didn't work that didn't work but perhaps this is going to work is the actual the fun bits i think it's the adventure isn't it there's you know not knowing whether something's going to work and not knowing the outcome is the fun bit otherwise like you yeah. say if you just know you've got to do something literally ten thousand times i don't good god yeah right <laughs> I mean, I also think it's a different thing entirely when you're having a really bad day or a bad week mm -hmm. to like try and remember that. And you think, nah, that's yeah. this. I just want the good bits. I don't want to go through all this pain. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's the adventure, which is what it's all about, I think, or at least to me. And how do you how do you approach those setbacks then? Like you say, you, you're not, not mm. having a great day or a great week. What tactics do you kind of use to remind yourself of what you're doing and why you do it i try and um it's something that i'm working on at the moment because i think if you can do that if you can control the state that you're in mm -hmm. then you have a lot of power as you can sort of like predict uh, or completely control your mindset and then mm -hmm. every day is a good day almost you can make it so the sort of things that i try and do if i'm having a bad day or if i've had a bad call or whatever it may be is just try and in some way completely change my state so either i'll go on a run and be completely exhausted and that changes my state or 
I'll like listen to some some music uh, like really loud in headphones and just like get out head banging to it or I'll, <laughs> I'll plug in the guitar and just like smash out some chords or whatever it may be but just in some way changing my state and getting out of that that negative loop that you can get into mm-hmm. um, and you just go spiraling down the hole at least I do and then you- yeah oh it's so easy to do isn't it right right so um, we like to f- we feed off our own emotion you only need a, a slight little glimmer of, of good or bad <laughs> yeah it's quite easy to chase it either the spiral up or the spiral down yeah i think so i think so and uh i think it could be nice as well for people to to, to wallow in in your sadness and your despair and think oh nothing's gonna work and oh i give up and all that but um there's this funny thing isn't there kind of like it's almost my right to be pissed yeah. off about this thing and actually if i'm not beating myself up about it i I'm, i don't care enough or, or or something crazy like that you know i've definitely seen people hold on to anger for example because someone i don't know let's say someone cut you up when you're driving down the road yeah and then you get you get pissed off by it and yeah. then hold on to it because if you don't let go of it you let them get away with it kind of thing and yeah right yeah <laughs> you're, only, you're only shooting yourself in the foot so. yeah there's some people which i know who their whole reason for being in business and running their business is because they just want to to stick their middle fingers up at the people they went to school with who said they're never going to amount to anything or they want to have everything that the, their friends uh, said they couldn't have or their parents said they couldn't have and um i think that worked for some people i don't know what you think about that but yeah, i don't think yeah, that's I think a sustainable in, way of doing things yeah i think it might work in the short term yeah but how how does that I don't know how that keeps you going in 20 years time when you're having a bad day and I don't know you or look at now right we're heading into or heading in we're in a recession and we have no idea how deep or how long that's going to be um that's going to you know there's going to be a lot of times you have to pull yourself out of the out of a situation I would imagine over the coming years or months or whatever and doing it doing anything for someone else you know, whether it be buying something so someone else might like it or doing something because of how that someone else views you is a complete waste of your own energy because I can guarantee you those people aren't thinking about you at all. <laughs> so yeah. if you're doing it for them, it's a waste of time. Right, exactly. I, I think kind of, I heard someone once say that those kind of things are kind of like a pool, like you're pulled by the, the fast cars, the Ferraris and the, the big mansions. But actually, it's more sustainable to be to be pushed almost by, uh, I guess, a, a more healthy desire to, I don't know, want to build great things or to help people or whatever your motivation may be. But yeah. kind of like a, a push rather than a, a pull. Definitely, it's more sustainable. I think exactly. Because I think when you get there, you know, once you get to the place, you know, yeah. I, when I grew up, I was oh, I always want this and I want that, and you get to the place where you could have it, and suddenly it's the desire is gone. Yeah, and I was probably quite lucky that I didn't win the lottery or something stupid when I was twenty-five. <laughs> I had yeah. a bit of mess, but <laughs> so, yeah. um, wisdom definitely uh, arrived over the t- <laughs> over time. It, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't present in the early days for sure. <laughs> but I think if you can be focused on building something, I think that's where satisfaction comes from as well. Right. You know, like when you say you talk about the you know the bad days and stuff and if you can still look back and say look where i've come from and look where i'm on my journey to here you've got something that's measurable if all you're doing is chasing a pot of gold or a ferrari whatever you know whatever however that's manifest then 
I think it feels pretty empty and it's very hard on those dark days to get up and have a go at it. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, I find that when I set goals, it's great working towards them. Then I want to reach the goal. It's great. And then the next day when I wake up, you just feel this big depression of like, oh yeah. no, what is it? What is it now? And it's just big, like you sort of like you're climbing up the hill and you're trying to reach your goal. And then you get to the cliff point and you come down the other side and you're like, yeah. oh, and I, and I can't imagine what it would be like if your, your goal was so big to earn a million pounds a year, for instance, and you reach that. And then you wake up the next day and think, oh, that's great. It. But actually, it's, it's <laughs> what now? Uh, that's, I mean, it didn't really mean a lot. So I can't imagine what that, that massive of a drop would be like. Oh, exactly. And, and you hear a lot of people talk about it. You know, I think Jim Carrey's talked about it quite a lot. About he, you know, earning, he wanted all of this stuff and he earned so much money from acting and he got there and it was just completely empty. He had, mm. There was nothing that when he got there, there was, there was nothing. Yeah. And it was all just fake stuff. So, yeah, I think it's important to have goals that are more around what does your life look like what does the life look like for those around you what does what does the life look like potentially for your children and their children if you're building for a for a bigger purpose then it's far more in my opinion it's far more motivating for sure yeah i think so i think when you get to the point of earning some money it it doesn't affect you like in the way you think it would yeah um, and then if that's the whole reason for doing things, everything starts to crumble because you think, yeah. why am I doing this? If it's all about the money, then why don't I just go work a nice secure job and yeah. whatever it was and earn the money there? So yeah, I'm 100% with you that it's got to be more than just the money for a bigger reason. It's just it's just a tool, right? So exactly. the only exactly. purpose for money is to spend it on stuff. And then yep. so what you want to be doing is spending it on wise things that move you and those around you forwards rather than just setting fire to it on junk right and i think that's the hard question is how are you going to use that tool of money to actually get what you really want and what is it that you really want and mm. can you ever actually really say what you really want or is it something that's always always changing and you're just trying to trying to chase after that i think so i think peace peace of mind is probably number one and understandably we live in a money culture right so mm. people want People people think they they want lots of money, but you just really what people need is money to be able to survive without worry. And that number tends to be a lot smaller for a lot of people than they first think. They think it needs to be millions and millions, and it really doesn't. Yeah. Um. And so it is purely just that tool, and that and what I find is a lot of people actually get focused on how much they need to get rather than what they do with what they've got. So right. if you're terrible with a thousand pounds, you're not going to be any better with a million. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of people out there that earn stupid amounts of money, huge sums of money that are still skint. Yeah. Because they're spending it as fast or faster than they're getting it, even though it might be a million plus pounds a year, right? So they're no right. better off than someone with 20 grand a year. But they people think, oh yeah, look at them, they've got loads of money. No, they're spending lots of money. They haven't got a lot. Right, they're not retaining much. It's just yeah. all, all going out that's coming in. And as soon as that income stops from, I don't know, getting laid off in a job or a particular side of your business starts to fail and you're still spending the same amounts and the same Ferrari payments that you've got every month or the same uh, rent that you're living in a, a luxury penthouse, you've still got the same expenses, but actually yeah. the amount that you're earning has now decreased dramatically. And now, even though you may be earning uh, 10,000 a month where you were earning 30,000 a month, that 10,000 a month is now a big pain that you have. You're only earning 10,000 a month rather than earning the 30,000 a month that you were used to. Yeah. Um, I think that's yeah, a cycle that uh, 
I wouldn't really want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty scary stuff, I think. And yeah. you're seeing it, you know, we've seen it a lot recently because of all of the COVID stuff and uh, businesses are being run in a large part, a lot like personal finances. There's where there isn't much in reserve. And then uh, right. we're only 12 years past the last economic crisis and people's memories are pretty short right you get mm -hmm. to you get to another unforeseen circumstance and a lot of very large businesses that you'd think would be better prepared are, are not so prepared and and it's even harder if you're one of the small guys that particularly if you're, if you're not long set up i mean you've got to be really thinking about the bad shit's always going to happen right so plan for the bad shit and then if it you know if you get yeah. through it all and you're fine good but it, bad stuff's always going to happen somewhere indeed i think i don't really know too much about the whole covid19 situation there's a lot of people saying they're experts at the moment and, and trying to sell you things related to covid19 but I'm, I'm not too much of an expert but i think it's it's such a massive disruption that even on the scale of like recessions it is again that that trigger word uh, unprecedented that actually this this level of magnitude of, of disruption would take place so i, I guess where businesses like um was it Virgin, Virgin Atlantic mm -hmm. have, even though I imagine they do keep cash reserves for uh, sort of recession times, but even this is so unprecedented yeah. that, that just completely wiped out because they didn't expect anything on this scale to occur. So I think there are some things you, you can plan for and yet recessions do come every, what is it? Eight to 10 to 12 to 15 oh, years, yeah. whatever people say about that. And I think there's some things like this, which you just can't prepare for. And likewise, like, something happening to family members or something happening to yourself where yeah. you can't work in your business or you can't carry out your job, whatever it may be. I think there's some things which you can plan for and some things which you, you can't plan for. And what's it been like for you when, you know, you're a fairly young business yeah. as well. And, and uh, I imagine a lot of your clients have been affected and how does that mm. then flow down to, down to you? I've been really lucky. I think with my business that I haven't been too badly affected. I've had uh, a few clients who, have put everyone on furlough, stopped trading, and therefore stopped their marketing because they can't service any new customers that they bring in, which obviously has affected me. Um, I have a good number of clients who are continuing to work and continuing to need digital marketing and to, to get new customers. Um, and then I've had a lot of people who have started to realize that, especially now, the the only way to, to reach people, as we can't go outside at the time of recording this, that um, the only way to reach people is online. So they need a system which isn't relying upon in-person networking or isn't relying upon referrals or word of mouth to get those customers and kind of like prop up their business. So mm -hmm. um, I haven't been too badly affected, um, but I, as much as some other people out there, which um, I'm, I'm very lucky about, but I know that it's, yeah, been catastrophic for some people. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. How, with your, with your business, did you, when you were setting it up, was there something you thought I want to do that a little bit differently to, to other people? Um, is there, or an area that you felt you could really have uh, a big impact? I think if I'm honest with you, David, not, not really, not too much. Really? Uh, there was, did you, did you, or did you, did you start focusing in a particular area within digital marketing? Do you think, all right, did you start with social or? Yeah. Yeah. So I started with social media and started going with that and then found out it's a lot more scalable to do digital advertising. So sort of Facebook ads, Google ads. Um, and, and I didn't start with a specific aim in mind, a specific focus in mind. I was kind of just trying everything out and seeing what worked. 
um, I did focus on uh, so fitness, uh, fitness gyms and fitness businesses. Right, okay. I've done a fair amount of work with and got some good results with them. Um, was that based down? Was that a personal interest alignment type thing? How did that come about? A, a little bit, um, but mainly because I tried it out, got some really great results, and right. they're kind of like the irrefutable results where they're so uh, solid in the numbers mm. that it. Uh, if, if I went to someone who was needing to grow their fitness business and I said, hey, look, I've worked with this business, we've done X, Y, and Z, and they've seen their revenue increase by 25% or whatever it may be, then it's kind of irrefutable to, to say that it's out of the realm of possibility that we can do the same for their business. So I found that it was just um, more than being a personal interest. Um, it was something that, that worked and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll stick at this and go at this and what I really enjoy is, is actually just getting the results um, and, and and not not just collecting the money, which is nice, but also collecting the money and knowing that the, the clients are happy to be paying you that because they're getting more back than they're paying you yeah. and, and having that happy relationship there. And that's key, isn't it? Being able to deliver because it, it means, oh, yeah. you know, they're, they're getting the return they're looking for. It means that, you know, they're going to they're gonna come back to you again um and and continue to use your services hopefully um yeah. and it's an all-round it's an all-round win i think it's too easy to get caught up in the just trying to get the try and get the business but the results are the most important part right right yeah exactly and i think unfortunately in my space there's a lot of I kind of call them cowboys where they go out there and they say yeah sure we can do that It'd be x amount a month and we'll get you so many leads you won't know what to do with them and then two months down the line they haven't produced anything and they get burnt they, they leave that digital marketer or that consultant, that agency, and then never try it again because they tried out one who wasn't the best one to go with. And you, now they're not going to do it again. spoken to client or potential clients that have had that kind of experience as well. That yeah. They said, oh, no, we're not, we don't want to go down that route. We've, we've tried yeah. that before kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And um, it, it's tricky to try and get them to see that uh, they had a bad experience mm -hmm. um, and say, you know what, we're going to do this, this, and this differently. Um, and again, that's where results come into play and saying, we've actually got results with your industry or we've got results with this business that has lots of parallels, mm -hmm. which is the reason why we think we can get results for you rather than people going in there after going through a sales training course and using all these tonality tricks and all that sort of stuff to, <laughs> to try to almost trick the business into saying, yeah, yeah, I can do everything that you want and, and tricking them into it. And not having the, not yeah, not being able to back it up. experience to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a minefield and, you know, particularly probably small, medium businesses, are they, they know that they need to get some help after trying, mostly after trying themselves, I'd imagine. Um, mm. and then not knowing where to look and not having big budgets. And so it can be quite easy, I think, for some of the less scrupulous people out there to, to prey on, prey right. on them because you know, they can go in with lowish costs to win the business and, yeah. and then not deliver. Yeah, exactly. And I think especially um, small businesses, local businesses, which may be the, the owner of the businesses kind of like mid fifties where they've grown the business over uh, 20 years or whatever it may be. And they've just heard of Facebook ads or they've just heard of Instagram or whatever it may be. And they think, oh, I want to try that out, but um, I don't know how to do it myself or I don't have the time or I don't want to learn how to do it. I'm going to bring someone else in. And you have this, this, this person that says, yeah, we can do that. Not a problem. 200 quid a month. And, um, they go in there, kind of take advantage of the person, not knowing what they're doing and not knowing how to uh, spot the difference between someone who knows what they're doing and, and 
who doesn't know what they're doing and yeah exactly just taking i guess taking advantage of them what kind of support have you had uh, to help you on your on your journey with you know as you started to grow the business more mm. have you had any mentors or mm. uh, people yeah. that you could call on that, that have kind of made a difference to you yeah indeed um so the the chairman of the, the business that i uh, wrote apps for uh, was kind of like my, my first mentor i remember going to him when i when i decided i was going to do digital marketing but still working in the business i went to him after work one day and said hey can i can i ask you about some business things um and that was great having someone that that knew what they were doing and uh knew about everything about well not everything about business but a lot more than i knew about business at the time um and then yeah slowly finding people who were at the point that I wanted to be at and then saying, how do you get there? I think there's a lot of people out there who are, uh, lots of people are happy to, to share what they know, uh, but it doesn't mean it's relevant to you. It doesn't mean it's useful to you. I mean, list, people listening to this podcast now, what I'm saying may not be relevant to you at all, um, but if you are looking to grow a digital agency or a young person, then it may be more relevant to you. And it's about finding those people, at least what I found useful, is finding those people who actually have achieved what I wanted to achieve and saying, how do you do it? What do you do if you're in my shoes again? Where do you go about finding those people? Do you, do you kind of reach out on, on social media, LinkedIn and stuff? Or I, I kind of bumped into them um, when I've been working with other businesses, uh, out networking, speaking to people, um, not really going out proactively looking for people, um, just bumping into those sort of people and, and saying, oh, you know what, that person was really interesting. I'll send them a, send them a text or send them an email and ask if they want to meet, meet up for a coffee and talk about business. I found that people that are higher up than me than business or have got more experience are always happy, especially when you're a younger guy, to go out for a coffee and, and share their experience. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's the way I kind of went about it rather than, rather than hunting a mentor, as it were. And do you, have you then kept up relationships with some of those people uh, on a ongoing basis do you have regular conversations and some more a bit ad hoc or yeah more of the ad hoc sort of basis that i'll go to them when i need some help on a certain thing so i've, I've got a mentor who um is particularly good with sort of like b2b side of things or has got a little experience in the b2b space or a mentor who um is a professional speaker so if i need some help doing some speaking or how to do put together a presentation i go and ask them for some help on that um, I don't have anyone that I go to on a, on a regular basis. I have done that in the past and I found that useful, but, um, at the moment, uh, I don't have anyone that I, that I do that with. Um, I kind of find it more useful to, as and when I need the help, then I go out and seek the help that I need from, from the right people. And I find that I think it's really useful. Yeah. I think it is useful to try and, you know, you look at the most successful people, people like, you know, Zuckerberg and those kind of people, they still have mentors now do you know bill yeah. gates has hung around with warren buffett for the last 30 years right you know? it's yeah a, it's no coincidence um yeah i think you've got to be a special kind of person to think that you know everything and you can't learn anything from anyone else and you know what i don't i don't need someone that's 30 years ahead of me in business or in fitness or whatever my goal is to to help me um yeah i mean they've got the answers it's not going to hit you as hard as actually making the mistakes yourself but if you can learn what mistakes they've made and, and implement in, in your business or in your life and whatever you're trying to achieve, then it's just going to be that much easier to achieve that. And what about books? Do you read a lot? Uh, I used to. I used to read, my goal was a book a week, which I just about hit a lot of the time. Um, and then I found that 
it was great and I was, I was feeling great because I was reading a lot of information and thinking, oh yeah, I'm learning so much. But um, I wasn't actually implementing anything. So although I was feeling great about reading so many books, um, it wasn't actually achieving anything. So someone uh, that I know called it mental masturbation, where it feels great, but it doesn't actually achieve anything. <laughs> so um, now I, I tend to read books where if I want to know about how to increase the retention of clients or members in a membership, then I'll read a book. I'll find out who's the best person in that market, find their book, read their book, rather than going around and saying, oh yeah, I'll read that one and I'll read that one, I'll read that one. It's more targeted and then trying to actually apply what I've learned rather than, um, I think what a lot of people do is just, just read every book that they can, which is good when you start out, I think, just to try and get that, that, um, that foundation. Yeah. But um, it's, I find it very easy to get in the cycle of just reading and thinking you were getting anywhere, but actually yeah. you're getting nowhere. <laughs> I've definitely done something similar. I went through right. the phase of just read, read, read and you suddenly think, well, a half of the books anyway are regurgitating probably something Napoleon Hill wrote anyway, <laughs> particularly if it's on personal development. Yeah. Um, and then other books, you can end up finding five different ways to do something and more confused than you were when you started. So I think you've got to, right. like you say, pick, a, pick an objective. What do I want to do better? What do I want to do differently? What don't I know? And go and find information to fill that gap rather yeah. than just blindly reading stuff yeah and i, I think what you, you touched upon there when you talk about five different ways of doing things i think there's a trap that, that i've fallen into where uh, especially with like youtube where it's so easy to find information that you listen to five different people on how they've created their successful business um and you try and merge all of their different ideas in into one way of doing things but actually the way that they became successful was sticking to their particular blueprint. Uh, yeah. Like if you, if you took apart five engines of a car and then tried to put them back together, you're going to get the wrong parts and the wrong engines. It's not going to work. The great analogy. Uh, right. And I think, I mean, going back to the courses, one thing that is really useful from courses, which maybe you can't find from YouTube is finding the one blueprint, which, which mm -hmm. does work. So you have, all of the you have the one engine in one place rather than trying to find scraps of different engines and trying to build your own engine you've got like a missing a bit yeah yeah exactly i think that is one useful bit um from from programs and courses yeah and I, I think, think that's I, i'd agree with that is is having the end-to-end -end, um the whole structure you know got, you've got the information and you've got the implementation in, in one place and it's right uh, and everything it fits not, in together and yeah works and it together. may not work for you but it would work for lots of people. And it's, right. and, and I think, you know, with anything in life, it's probably more down to the application, the persistence um, and the consistency than it is necessarily any one particular thing. A lot of things will work if you do it consistently enough. You know, it's a bit right. like going to the gym. Everyone goes looking for the perfect workout program and, actually just go every every oh. week four times a week or whatever and there's no perfect workout program but so it's going to work if you keep doing it you know right right <laughs> and there's a trap that everyone falls into well not everyone uh, that some people fall into where a lot of people <laughs> yeah I've, where they, they spend it, you know? <laughs> they may spend ages trying to find the perfect workout plan yeah and they're not going to go to the gym until they find the perfect workout plan and then the person who was like, oh, screw it, I'll just go to the gym and see what happens and do that day after day and didn't have the perfect workout plan. Yeah. It's got far better results because they actually implemented on an imperfect plan rather than spending exactly. ages trying to find the perfect plan. Yeah.
Yeah, it's too easy to get sucked into, you know, there's, well, there's got to be one way. There's not one way. There's millions of ways for, for everything. Yeah. Find a way and work really hard at it and see what the results are. And then you can always iterate from that point, you know, like you with your experience when you first started and then suddenly other th ideas come up that you go, oh, if I'd have done that from the beginning. But the point is because you were working at it consistently, then the new ideas and the other opportunities come up and you're probably better at executing anyway because you've got experience executing. Yeah, exactly. I think that there's so many businesses which I've uh, interacted with or met at networking events where you think, oh, it's such a wacky business. How, how does that even work? And I think a large part of it is that they've just stuck at it and they've had the resolve to think, you know, this is going to work. I'm going to stick at it yeah. and going to see it through rather than, yeah, looking for that, that one thing which magically works as it were. Yeah. And um, so what's the, what's the plan for you now from where you are today? What does the next couple of years look like? Not really too sure, David. I mean, um, that's part of the fun of it, but, uh, <laughs> looking what to like it to look like. I want to obviously grow my agency, uh, and get more results with, with the agency. Um, I've recently launched a new product, which, um, is helping smaller businesses get results with digital marketing. Um, where they may not have the budget to hire a good digital marketing agency. So instead of paying for a, a bad digital marketing agency, they can actually learn to do it themselves um, uh, and, and looking to grow that and build out a business which is sustainable. Uh, I think a lot of... A little bit about, about what that product is. What, how does, yeah. How does so that it's, called, it's called Super Growth Marketing and it's um, online membership mm -hmm. of where basically I, re I record what I'm doing within my marketing agency and what we're doing for clients in order to get them results where you can just look over my shoulder, see how certain aspects of it work. So let's say you want to build a Google ads campaign, come in there, watch the Google ads, uh, videos and, and courses, right? That's how I do it. And you go off and do it yourself. Nothing that I do inside my agency is magic. A lot of it is just pressing buttons and then knowing the right words to say. Um, so it's, it's nothing that's incredibly hard to know. I mean, the experience helps, uh, and knowing, which ads work, which ads don't work, what are good things to say and which things aren't good to say. But ultimately, if you've got the time rather than the money, mm -hmm. then um, any, anyone can do it themselves. And hopefully that's my way of kind of helping out those businesses which otherwise would have to go with a, uh, a poor marketing person, which is just going to burn them. Um, and instead, they can do it themselves, get some results, and hopefully get to the point where um, it's working for them. And that's mm -hmm. great. They can either hire someone else and bring them into the business or they can go out and hire a marketing agency to actually do it and pay them the budgets of a thousand or fifteen hundred pounds a month plus to to actually handle it properly um so that's something i'm really interested at growing at the moment interesting uh what, what anything else after that what's next i can tell you can't sit still for too long so <laughs> right yeah i just like trying out new things and i think that you don't know in i think that when i if I listen back to that, this in like 10 years time, I'll be in a completely different place to mm -hmm. where I would think I'll be if I look forward 10 years. So that makes yeah, sense. True, true. And I think it's just from finding new things and uh, things you enjoy, things you like doing. Um, I think that's the real focus, finding things that actually I, I like doing and enjoy doing. I've learned over the last couple of years that uh, it's not too hard. There's lots of down points, but it's not too hard to go out there and build a business where you can easily make a living for yourself, providing a service. Uh, in digital marketing but actually looking at right okay i can do that now actually what do i want to do where can i provide value to people do i really like helping people out do i really like building a big business that's worth a lot of money mm -hmm. um finding it is 
what I like to do and then working towards that and just building stuff, building businesses. Yeah. Nice. So we'll we'll see. More, there we'll could see. be more. There could be more. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Excellent. Well, it's been really enjoyable to talk to you and yeah, uh, some really good insight. And hopefully uh, anyone listening to this will take a lot from it. Um, a lot from, you know, the entrepreneurial path is not a straight one, um, but consistency is key, right? Right. Yeah, I think so. 100%. Uh, where can people find you? So they can find me, uh, come with me on LinkedIn. So Matt Penny, find me on LinkedIn. Um, or you can visit supergrowth.marketing if you want to learn more about uh, digital marketing and how you can implement uh, successful and profitable digital marketing in your own business. Brilliant. Well, it's been great and hopefully we'll uh, talk again soon. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you very much for having me, David. Awesome. Cheers, Matt. Thanks. Sure. Bye.